We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Krafchick. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters. So we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in. So feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. Welcome to season three of the Dateable Podcast. Holy cow, you can't believe how far we've come since our launch in February of this year. Thank you, loyal listeners, for coming back and welcome new listeners who are just joining us. This podcast is hosted by me. I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. You'll also hear commentary by my co-host, Michael Vargas, a fellow dating coach with a clinical psychology background. 
and my producer, Julie Kraftchik. On this season, shit gets real. We've listened to your feedback and we will be going deeper, exploring more non-traditional topics sprinkled with a few ridiculous stories that we all love to hear. We will also be adding an action item to the end of each episode. Consider it a dating challenge of sorts. So definitely listen for that at the end. Also, we're having another event on September 30th. Our last party was such a success. We're confident that this next one will be pretty badass too. The theme is no pants. <laughs> you can interpret that however you wish. And just like last time, we will be doing a live stage performance of the old school TV show, The Dating Game. Get all the event details by going on our Facebook page under Dateable Podcast. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. So you guys, we're going to do something a little bit different on this episode. We, um, we had a lot of listeners request stories from couples. So we have a couple in our studio who are going to tell us their story uh, separately, and then we're going to bring them back together. So we have Spencer and Carolyn. Hi! Hey, thanks for having us on. Thanks for being on. Michael and I don't know their story at all. Apparently, it's a very good one. But we're going to isolate them and have them tell their stories separately. So Carolyn's going to leave the room first with a bottle of wine. So that's always a good sign. Get out. We're going to talk some nasty things about you. Spencer has rolled up his sleeves and and second beer. Second beer. Second beer already. Okay. Didn't he just didn't he just get there? He just got here five minutes ago. He's on his second beer. We are all good to go. Okay, so Spencer, how did you guys first meet? Uh Carolyn and I met through a Cal football game. I've always been a big Cal football fan. I went to Cal, grew up in the Me too. Go Go Bears. Bears. And uh I was I, I go over to almost every Cal football game and Carolyn is not from the Bay Area, but has a number of friends who I went to school with. So luckily enough, some of our kind of mutual friends in common um, brought her to a bar in Berkeley that's very well known. Which one? It's called Henry's. I love Henry's. For the, for the listeners that aren't uh, in, in town, think about the bar that you go to to have a few beers before the game, mm-hmm. a few, maybe many, depending on where you're at in life. So that's the pregame spot. Exactly, exactly. Very crucial, especially if you're a Cal football fan, because so many games don't go your way. But uh, <laughs> a, a number of friends and I stopped there for a few refreshments, and I saw Carolyn across the bar. And I said to myself, this is a young woman that I've got to get over and spend some time with and get to know. And Why? What was it about her? You know, I think uh, she had kind of a demeanor that was very confident. She was clearly, you know, someone that didn't go to Cal, but was someone that um, had friends at Cal and was having a great time and had a big, big smile, which I think is so important in attracting attention. And I just felt like I had to go over and introduce myself and say, this is someone whose uh, phone number I've got to get after today. Wait, you never met her before? Never met her before. First that. time seeing her. First time seeing her. Physically, what what drew you to her? 
the first thing was she's a beautiful, beautiful girl. But it was also uh, confidence without attitude. I think she, the way she was carrying herself, you know, was really attractive. As I said earlier, I walked over and I said, hey, I've got to get your phone number. You're someone I've got to meet. That's what, that's your opening line. I said, I said, you're someone I've got to meet. Yeah. So wait, now what, where was she? Was she with a group of friends? Was she by herself? Was she like looking at play some music? Like when did you approach? Yeah, I think she was just across the bar having a drink. I think, you know, she may have been friends. She may have been by herself. I don't really recall. And maybe that's due to how poor Cal football is. But, uh, you know, she, she looked great across the bar. And I just, I said, I can't leave here without having a conversation with her and seeing if there's any chemistry that kind of carries beyond physical attraction. That was your first line. What was her response to that first line? That's a better question for her, Michael. I think she'll have the response nailed. But I'll tell you. It felt receptive in my mind. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? You know, hey, I, I haven't been approached like this before, so maybe it makes sense to see what this guy's about. Oh, do you remember what she was wearing? I do. I do remember. Uh, one of the things that I loved, she was wearing a scarf, and it was kind of an overcast day, and I thought the scarf looked so good on her. She was probably the only girl in the bar that could pull off that scarf, and she pulled it off spectacularly. Wow, a scarf, you guys. You're like, I liked her really covered up. Yeah, I think, and more broadly for the listeners out there, you know, uh, people who have confidence in themselves, people who are, you know, doing something that's maybe a little bit unconventional, if they're doing it well, regardless of what it is, it can be, you know, incredibly attention grabbing. And I think Carolyn wore that scarf about as well as I've ever seen anyone wear a scarf. And I hear that a lot from guys is that they don't, it's hard for guys to pinpoint exactly what's attractive about a woman other than the entire presence of her. I've heard guys describe this woman walked into this place and I just, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. No, I think you're spot on. I mean, confidence, if you can carry yourself well and have that presence and have that confidence in yourself, it lends incredibly well to actually having a conversation and meeting in person. So a big thing for you was not just like how beautiful she was, but the way she carried herself. Exactly, exactly. And we can talk about this in more depth later, but in the world we live in where things are so digitally oriented, you know, Tinder, The League, all these different apps, so few people are meeting in person anymore. And I think if you can carry yourself well and have that presence and have that confidence in yourself, it lends incredibly well to actually having a conversation and meeting in person, which in my opinion is kind of a component of building a, a strong relationship and building something that's actually lasting beyond just, hey, you know, you want to meet at uh, a bar tonight to have a couple cocktails. Tell us like the progress, the progression, like how did this go from A to B to Z? Uh, you know, we exchanged contact information. We maybe had a 15 minute conversation or maybe less, you know, and so Carolyn and I met up probably a week later, got, got a drink and saw there was something more substantial there beyond, um, hey, you know, Cal football sucks. I'd like to have a few drinks <laughs> with you. It was, hey, there's actually human chemistry here, which I think everyone listening to the podcast, UA, Michael, and myself, we can all say, um, you know, when you have interaction with someone that's meaningful, that interaction is something you want to continue. What was one of the first things you noticed where you're like, I have chemistry with her? 
you know, one of the things I always say is, hey, if you're someone and you're out on a date and you're talking about work in the first 15 minutes, it's probably not the right place to be. I mean, mm. you know, you need to be who you are, not just this is what I do from nine to five or, you know, in the case of people that are in finance or technology or some of these more demanding industries, this is what I do from, you know, seven to seven. I think it's about, hey, you know, what are what are things you're passionate about? What are things that you love? And if work's one of those things, that's great, but that's not the uh, whole focus of the conversation. And I think, you know, Carolyn and I probably had a, had a conversation where I don't remember exactly, but I don't even know if we talked about work in the first, you know, hour. And if so, it was just at a vague macro level. When you met Carolyn, what stage in life were you at? Were you looking for a relationship? Were you looking to just date? Yeah, I think people who go out and look for a relationship are fundamentally flawed. If you're going out with the end goal, you know, I want to find a girlfriend, that's a tough place to be in because you may push yourself into a relationship that's not the best thing for you at that point. But what if you're not ready? Like, what if it, you're a guy who's not in a great state of mind? You're not in a career that you're happy with. What, you're not ready for a relationship. Yeah, and I think that's more a reflection of the guy and where he's at in life and some maturity that he needs to achieve than it is. Yeah. A lot of the female listeners on this podcast are probably saying, I feel social pressure to go find a boyfriend, or I feel, you know, like all my best friends have a girlfriend. When they're out on Friday night at dinner with their, you know, significant other, I'm at home and I'm stuck here and I'm just going to go out and find a boyfriend. But you get in those relationships and it's just like a monotonous thing. Mm -hmm. It's not that real tangible thing that's worth pursuing and worth being a part of. So I have um, a couple key questions. One is, do you work in sales or consulting? No, I work in finance. Okay. So you're obviously very good with communication because you're client facing, I'm guessing. Well, you, uh, you use the term very good. <laughs> I, I know say, his type. I'd say yep. I'm all right at best. Um, He's opening up his third beer, just uh, everyone. For those keeping track at home. No, I, you know, I, I, it's important to have confidence in yourself and being able to interact with people. And I do think in San Francisco, because there's just an influx of people in tech and you're behind computers or devices, that guys who work in sales, consulting, or um, finance clean up in the city because they have the right communication skills to, to approach women. And I think it's refreshing when, uh, as a girl at a bar or a social environment, that a guy would come up and say, I have to meet you. You and I need to get to know each other better. Where did you guys so, go for the, your first date? Which bar? Uh, that's a better question for Carolyn. I mean, I, I would say... I don't remember. You know, our first date, we've been to a bunch of great places. Did you I, call her, text her? I think I text her probably the next day or... Okay. Yeah, so then what starts happening to start making you guys come together more of a, a real relationship? Like, what's that transition? You know, you go out a couple of times and if you feel like that chemistry is there, you feel like that feeling that you had when you first met is still there, it's worth kind of taking it to the next level and exploring something more more substantial. And I think one key component is so many times people say, Hey, let's meet up for drinks. Hey, let's meet up for drinks. Hey, let's meet up for drinks. And like what I did, you know, what Carolyn and I did early on is, you know, we just went for a walk. Yeah. We just went for a walk and it's like, maybe I'm crazy or maybe I'm a millennial, but 
when you when you walk with someone, you learn so much more about them than just sitting yes. at the table. Thank you. Thank you. I've been trying to get that a point across to so many people. It's like, go for a walk. There's movement, there's new inspiration, and there's you and the person. And you get to choose whatever it is that you want to experience. Exactly. And by the way, not to knock on anyone who doesn't like exercise, but if you can't go on a walk together <laughs> at least three miles, you're screwed. You're never going to end up being anything more substantial. 10,000 steps, <laughs> I'm talking according to Fitbit. Two birds, one stone, obviously. Where did you guys go for a walk? We walked from kind of the marina out towards the Golden Gate Bridge. Second date, third date, which date was this? You know, I don't keep track of dates. I don't think about it like a linear progression. And I think if you do think about it like a linear pro progression, that goes back to the digital native, you know, everything online. Like we were here, then we have to go to B, then we have to go to C. You know, it's more just a fluid thing is what I think creates successful relationships. So then with that, I'm guessing, was there a point or you two just became an official couple? Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, we had one night where we were like, hey, this is working out great. Um, you know, maybe we should, we didn't say, hey, maybe we should be more serious, but it was, we both feel really positive about it. So who brought up this conversation though? You know, it may have been me, it may have been her. I, In my opinion, it, it'd be irrelevant, right? Like if it's really right, then you both should know. When was the first kiss? Uh, probably second date or something. Were you seeing other people? You know, the the interesting thing about this and my um, track record or background, whatever term you want to use is, you know, normally I'm not someone who's 100% going all in on a, on a single relationship. And I oh. think at, at some point in this relationship, it was just kind of like, it doesn't make sense for me to be seeing other people. But you weren't seeing other people? I just no, want to I get think, a straight answer. You know, when we first met, there were probably a number of, you know, a number of other people that I was talking to. When I've had my experiences of the past of being really connected to someone, it just, just lost interest in other people. Like my interest was just for the person. Like it, it just naturally happened that way. You know, look, we're still early in our relationship. As you guys said, we're six months in. But I think the signs of success are that you just naturally make that shift on your own. I, I just feel like um, I hear this from couples over and over again. When it works, it just works. And it doesn't take that much effort for it to congeal in the in the beginning. Because a lot of us have those awkward, like, DTR conversations. Let's define what this is. Are we exclusive? Are we boyfriend, girlfriend? The minute you feel the need to have that conversation, you already know the answer, which is it's not happening naturally. And it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about earlier about, like, uh, in a previous episode about marriage proposal like before you ask someone to marry them you should know that they're gonna say yes for sure it shouldn't be a surprise what are some of the things you found has been really helpful to maintain the relationship first and unquestionably most important open dialogue if you spend all day texting each other but can't have a real conversation you know, confront the brutal facts as, as an author that I, I love, Jim Collins would say, if you can't confront oh, yeah. the brutal facts about your relationship, don't bother. Yeah. It's, you know, being able to continue to have an open dialogue. I think texting is ruining so many relationships because people view 
oh, we texted today, we're okay, as a derivative of a successful relationship. And that's so far from the truth. Human interaction, spending time together, holding hands, as lame as it sounds, those are the kinds of things that set the tone in your relationship. Mm. How do one you of the things that um, uh, John Gottman, I've talked about him before, he's one of the leading um, uh, family therapists out there, are psychiatrists about families and relationships, mostly specifically marriages. And he talks about just some of the fundamentals of those people who are in successful relationships has the ability to communicate. It's not necessarily that they solve the problem, but that they have the ability to discuss the problem in a healthy way. All right. I think we're good on this one. Spencer, thank you very much. We're going to get Carolyn's perspective. We're going to get her back in here. Carolyn just had a lot of wine and she's back in the room ready to tell us her side of the story. So we heard from Spencer how you guys met, how you guys became a couple. Now it's your chance. And don't try to guess okay. what he said. We oh, just want to hear your side of the story. Okay. Start yeah. from the beginning. The beginning. Yes. So I total transplant San Francisco. Literally knew no when I met when I moved here. From where? From New York. Okay. I went to school in Nashville. So I'm super random. And like I met a bunch of people that went to uh, school with him through my work. And um, I was at like this football game, uh, the Cal football game. And it was like a bar, the Henry's, I want to say. And like middle of the day, I just like went for like Halloween to drink because whatever, it's what else you do in the middle of the day on Halloween. <laughs> and I, he was talking to my friend who he knows. And we just kind of like locked eyes. And like, it was kind of like, oh, I remember being like, that guy's cute, but like, whatever, like kind of moved on. But I, like that definitely is like a distinct like memory in my mind. And so like kind of like time passed, like nothing happened. I remember he looked back at me. He might not have mentioned that, but whatever. I know it happened. <laughs> and um, so like after like probably an hour, hour and a half, we're at the bar. Because I like left for a while. I went with, like, with my friend somewhere. And he comes up to me and he goes, just like holding a drink. I'm holding a drink. He goes, I need your number. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Nothing and I was, else? Just I need your number. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was like you know, tipsy, not like really drunk at this point, but like, you know, whatever, enjoying it. And he goes, let's take a selfie. Like me and him just to like lock it down. <laughs> it's like, I guess to like lock down that, like, I don't know, maybe like, so I would remember him. Not really sure. So we took the selfie. Capturing like, the moment. Yeah, capturing the moment or like, I guess making, like ensuring that like when he text, so I guess he wanted to text me it. So I would have his number. Do you still have this selfie? Um, sure. Yeah, I could, I could get it and show it. I definitely have it. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah, later, I will show later. you. I will for sure show you. Because it's the, yes, in fact, I know I have it because I've shown it to him later and been like, look at this selfie we took. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's like not a really good picture. And then I think, I don't, one of us walked away. Honestly, I don't really remember. Uh, I like went with my friends. I think we went to another bar in Berkeley. Did you, what did you wear? Do you remember? I wore, oh, I remember. So I wore this like tan skirt. My friend said I had to wear cow colors. It was the closest thing I had to gold. And uh, this scarf, and he apparently the thing that attracted him, that attracted me or him to me, was the scarf I was wearing. What was the scarf? It was just like this, like kind of like it was like a normal, like goldish scarf, like kind of thick, but it wasn't like it was like cute with the outfit. And he like said later that like he was like, oh, this girl looks like 
preppy or classy. I don't know exactly what his words were. But apparently that's what I looked like in this scarf. And I was like, okay. And every time I wear a scarf, literally I wore a scarf here tonight and he goes, huh, I like that scarf. <laughs> He has like a scarf fetish. I know, it's like really <laughs> random. <laughs> okay, so then I'm next like, day. No, not next day. Like oh. a few hours later, he texts me, hey, a what's few, up, hello. few hours <laughs> yeah. later? And like this is like getting into like full swing Halloween. So like I'm out like, like pre-game with my friends. Like he's pre-gaming somewhere with his friends in San Francisco. So he's like trying to like lock down the night. And he was like, come hang out with me and my friends or whatever. How long have you had you been in San Francisco at this point? Um, I'd been there for almost, no, a year, a little over a year. Okay, so relatively new. Yeah, like I didn't know anyone when I moved here, so it was like pretty new. So we were kind of chatting for the rest of the night and, or like for a decent amount of the night. And he was kind of like, I want to take you on a day. I want to like, let's play tennis. And I was like, that's interesting. He just assumed I play tennis, which I do, but still. Then the next day I woke up like, after like a night out and like texted him back and I was like yeah like struggling whatever I said and then I look at my call log and apparently I called him at 2 a.m. and I had no idea because if I had known that I had called him at 2 a.m. I would not have texted him again in the morning. You don't remember calling him at all no, at 2 a.m. No. What do you think you were calling him about? I have no idea because I wasn't about to go meet up with him like I was with a lot of people and I was having a great time so I have Actually, no idea why I called him. Were you looking to get some? Come on, that's okay. Oh, well, first of all, I have no idea because this this part of the night is like not super memorable. I was with like a lot of good friends and I was having a great time and I was gonna continue the night with them. Whatever that happened, and then we're like chatting for us today, and he's like, "Let's go out on Tuesday," and I don't hear from him till Tuesday morning, and he's just like excited for tonight, whatever. And I was like, "Oh, I guess we're actually going on this date," because like you know how sometimes. They'll be like, oh, are we still yeah. on? He was like excited to do it. And I was like, oh, he's like not even asking me if we're still on. He's just, he's saying we're doing it, which is great. And that's I was like, great. that's awesome because I feel like a lot of guys will just be like, oh, do you still want to go out tonight? Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like giving you an out, like being like, oh, well, now that I think about it, I don't like really feel like doing it. So he was taking control of the situation. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. He, yeah. He totally controlled the situation. So I, I like go to his, like go to like the outside of his house and he, comes outside and I was like, wow, he's a lot cuter than I remember him being. Because the only picture I had of him was that picture, the selfie we took, and he didn't look good in it. And you know what? Maybe that's why. So you'd be pleasantly surprised when you see him. I was like, whoa, he's a lot cuter. That's exciting. That's exciting. It was yes. great. Yeah. So we start walking, um, like, sort of towards, like, the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm like, we're, like, we're just, like, chatting. And, like, it's super comfortable, like... I didn't really feel like I had to try it all, like, in the conversation. Like, it was just, like, so conversational. But, like, we stop at this bench, and he brings out a bottle of red wine. <gasps> and it's, we're just, he sits on the same side of the bench as me. Like, the waves are crashing. It was really cute. He, like, finished the bottle of wine. He might have had two. I don't really remember exactly. And then he goes in for the kiss. Really? On the first yeah. date? Oh, on the first date. Within, like, the first hour, hour, or hour and a half, yeah. And? It was good. It was cute. Like, it was, like, very, it was, like, short and, like, sweet. And I was, like, oh, that was cute. It was very, it, like, almost felt, like, couple like, right then and there. Um, so after, I guess, we had finished the wine, he, we're walking towards uh, a bar, like, a restaurant bar, and he holds my hand. Wow. Yeah. And I'm, like, whoa, this guy is, like, going in for it. So, <laughs> yeah, he, I was like, okay, oh, all right. Can I ask you a weird question? Does it feel more intimate when someone gives you that first kiss or the first holding of the hand? 
Uh, you know, I think the holding of the hand is, a, well, I think at that point it's like feels a little, I don't, I don't think, I wouldn't say like I love the holding of the hand on the first day because I'm kind of like, I don't know you. Yeah, I don't know you and it's kind of like we're not a couple, at least like not yet. And like it was, it was more intimate than I was like thought I was going to get, but like I didn't hate it. It was just kind of like we're still getting to know each other and we're holding hands. So it's like kind of like, oh, kind of weird. How are you feeling at this point though? Were you into him, attracted to him? Um, I was definitely into him, definitely attracted to him. Where were you at this point when you met Spencer? Were you like in the dating mode? Were you looking for a relationship? I was like looking... I wouldn't say I was desperate by any means, but like my roommate and I talked about it a lot. Like we would like go home and we like we would talk about boys like pretty much all night long, every night. <laughs> so were you like active on online dating at this point? Oh yeah. And like I deleted and reinstalled and deleted and reinstalled yeah. like a thousand we times. All did because every well. time I'm like, I hate this. So then how did this first date end? Okay, so we went to dinner. And he just like, we were just like talking and like I felt totally comfortable with him at this point. Like I would just say whatever I wanted. So he had a call at like 5.30 in the morning for work. And like I wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't have progressed anywhere after that anyway. It was like a Tuesday night. So he called me a lift or he called a lift and he lived like walking distance away, but he drove with me in the lift up oh. the hill to where I live, got out, let me back. out. I think he took the lift back, but like wow. he basically went like kind of like a roundabout way, like very far out of his way. Like kissed me goodnight, went back, and then he texted me when I was like in my bed, and I was like, "Wow, that was like the best date I've ever been on." Really? Yeah. Because wow. it's just like it was so comfortable, and it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't awkward at any point, and I think I was like into him enough where I wasn't like questioning it. And after that, we went out again two days later, just like to get drinks. Two days later? Yeah, so he, yeah, so he texted me, I think either the next day or the day after that, and met him for a drink. That was fun. The next I saw him was Saturday. So we like went for a walk. Um, it was like during the day, like walked towards the bridge. And like we hung out for like the majority of the day and like went to a party, a random party at night together. I just like kind of like piggybacked on the day with him. And later that night, he's like, do you want to get more serious? Should I delete my Bumble account? Wow. On the third day. On the third day. And I was like, I, I, I was like, like on, in theory, yes. But also, like, it's, I have literally have known you for less than a week. Like, I cannot commit to that right now. Why, though? It, it's so interesting how the idea of commitment is deleting apps. I think, yeah. I think it was, I think I might have been scared a little bit. To because like, it's not the norm. Yeah, I think it was because like I wasn't like it was like I talked like with my roommate like be like oh like I want a boyfriend I want a boyfriend we talk about how we want a boyfriend finally like the opportunity lands mm -hmm. in our lap and I'm like whoa yeah. was not expecting this to happen in the span of a week yeah and then I was in Dallas like for work that week the next week um, and we've been talking every single night come back he like comes over to my house brings me candy oh, and he like picked out so I, I guess he remembered the candy that I liked the most that I told him because I was like I really like the green gummy bears and the white gummy bears or whatever they're called the Harbo um and he physically went to the store and picked out those flavors wow. and came over and we watched a movie and I was like you must really like me he goes that's what I'm trying to prove oh. and I'm like Oh, what? I'm so surprised. Like this is so weird because my ex-boyfriend was not nice. <laughs> I think one thing that he just that you just point on is the little things don't mean a lot. They can often mean everything. Oh yeah, it was like that showed me so much. Like he literally, physically, like because like 
The gummy bears are in a bin. This is at like one of those candy stores where that you like scoop out the candy you mm -hmm. want, like go bin by bin. I could spend an hour in there. And then the day after that, we, I think we hung out all day. Um, so we walked back to the bridge that we went on our first date at. And I was like, you know what? I think like I'm ready to like make this like an oh. official thing. <laughs> yeah, apparently I brought it up. And so from the next day, we were like walking, we're hanging out. And he like decides he wants to talk about like the relationship and like the rules and like my rules and his really? rules. And I was like, that's Ooh. cool. I was like, well, yeah, he was like, his rules were like, don't go to bed angry. So he really drove this relationship then from the beginning, like shaping it. 100% control of the situation. It was never like, should we go to this bar? Or like, do you want to go to dinner now? It was like, we're going here on the state. We're going to this place. I'm taking you home. And I was like, you took total control, and that was so nice. So hot. So hot. Right? It was so hot. He took, like, the... I agree. It was clear, like, the pants. Where and the he pants? wore them. And Wear I was like, I need, I need that. <laughs> so you've been together for a little bit now. What do you think has been one of the key factors to having a successful relationship so far? Um, I think... Well, we've been super open. I think, like, being able to, like, communicate when... Like, things are, haven't really gone wrong, but, like... We we talk, I mean, a lot, and like it, he he leans on me, and I lean on him. Um, so like whenever like he's feeling stressed at work, like he'll come to me, and I'll like do the same. And I think like he's, I think we motivate each other, which has been helpful. Um, like he makes me like want to go to the gym more, which is nice. Like not like to like get a body to please him, but like because like when we we work out together sometimes, and like feels good. It's like oh, um, working out. It's like a good healthy thing, and like I think we do things um, to like make our like make our minds healthier together like running together even though like he's way more of a runner than I am it's just like builds the relationship so yeah being well open communication I think is like key to any successful relationship so if anything's like bothering any of us like we'll say it sweet let's bring Spencer back okay. are you ready for this yeah. Spencer and Carolyn are back in the room together and they just give, gave each other this very sweet kiss. Do it again. No. Just give it a little, just do it again. Do it again. Give a little nice. Mwah. So I'm going to go through some of my notes. Thank you guys for sharing your size of story. And then Michael, you go through your, some of the things that you saw. So one of the things is you didn't mention the selfie that you and Carolyn took, which I do want to see. <laughs> The evidence. That, that's like imperative to the story. Look, when you're out at something like that, it's valuable to have some takeaway from it. And uh, you should run for office. Oh, he's been told this. Okay, good. okay so you were you were texting her nonstop that night, the first time you met her, and then she called you, unbeknownst to her, apparently at two a.m. I didn't mention. You didn't mention the two a.m. call. But she called you at 2 a.m. She doesn't remember why, but that could have thrown you off. I don't know. Did it? Do you remember that? No, I, I don't even He doesn't think even I... know when I call him now. <laughs> okay. And then, Spencer, you were saying how going for a walk is a really good date. I didn't realize you guys went on a walk on your first date. Yeah. And then you pulled out the wine because you didn't remember. You were like, uh, I don't remember what date it was. But What? You, you don't remember? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Ask what Carolyn, did you think our first remembers. date was? Carolyn, what I said is, you know, I think if you look back on the six months that we've been dating, there have been a lot of great dates along the way. And I didn't remember 
a linear progression because I didn't think about a relationship in that way. I love the way he, this guy can get himself out of anything. Yeah. Carolyn said something very interesting. She thought when she actually saw you for the first date, you were a lot cuter than she remembered you to be because the selfie you guys took was apparently not that flattering. <laughs> Makes sense. I didn't think the selfie was that flattering of myself either. And as Michael can attest to, every man has a, a photo or two that they don't love that's just, not indicative um, of the way they look. A photo looked. or two, I'm pretty sure. Just the tangible lot. evidence from our... And Michael, don't use Snapchat, you know. That'll never work for any of us. <laughs> um, so you guys had a first kiss in the middle of the first date, and you you held her hand. You know, so much of a relationship is kind of the human interaction and actually spending time with each other actually you know, getting to know each other. And I think I felt like it was the right thing to do at that point in time. Now, you know, whether or not Carolyn found it offensive is, is she a different. She obviously didn't. <laughs> she obviously didn't. She's with you now. Or, or it sounds like someone else in the room, one of our moderators would have <laughs> swatted me yeah. away. But that's okay. But no, Michael Jordan took a lot of shots to make the shots no, that he did. No, this is what I say, though. When you like someone, anything they do is cute. And when you don't like them, anything they do is creepy. So I, I'm all, all about that. Just a couple of things that I realized was, one, I think, uh, Spencer, you did a great job of just leading. Like, just being a leader for this dance and allowing her the opportunity to feel so comfortable following. You know, setting the tone, being clear about your intentions, being clear about the way you feel from day one, I think is important. And it's not about saying, you know, here's what I want as the end goal, but it's about saying, hey, you're someone that I'm really interested in. I want to learn more about. And hopefully that feeling is mutual. When a relationship, when two people just work, it just works. And there's just absolutely no game playing. You guys went on a second date two days after your first date. Like in the rules, in the in, you know, in the game, in the handbook of dating, you never do that. Spencer doesn't follow the handbook, Spencer, which was awesome. Spencer also really liked you, and that's why he was willing to just like, go with the flow. You know, if you look at something that's meaningful to you as a game, it's not going to work. You know, when Carolyn and I had a great first date and we spent time together and we weren't, you know, drinking and we actually got to know each other, and I said, hey, this is someone I actually want to spend time with. You make that a priority. And I don't think there's any rule, oh, I, I should have waited three days. Yeah. You know, if that's, if that's the game you're playing, you're going back to the texting. You're going back to a foundation that won't work out for you long term. And I think we both said, hey, that's, you know, not a game we're going to play because we're in this for the long run and we're in it for all nine innings. Yeah. And I think that's, that's like the issue is that people are trying to create something based off of preset rules but that doesn't make sense because so many people are so different and it's about the discovery of the relationship and what works best for you two versus saying this is how it must be going in no that doesn't make sense that's a dictatorship versus discovering of what works for us what is it that we actually want as a couple yeah and i think i've heard like my friends have talked way too much about like what they shouldn't have said what they should have said and i'm like looking at this now I'm like I said whatever was on my mind like I never was like oh I like shouldn't have said that or like I should shut up I was like he I said it he was you know, receptive it? and like it just never felt weird you were yourself I was myself yeah, yeah. Well, to some <laughs> which is the only way to be because if you're not authentic and you build a relationship on 
something that's not you, that's not real, yeah. how's that relationship going to end out? Not Just fake, like the way you walked into the room. Okay, um, we have to wrap this up. I could go on and on forever with you guys. I just really think the main takeaway is the minute you start playing games, you're not with the right person. I really think that's the key, that's the key even takeaway here. Even if you have to play games, even if you have to play games, even if you get them for a mere second, it's temporary and then it's not going to last. So you guys, we want to hear from more couples who've made it in San Francisco. We want to hear your dating stories, whether they're good or bad. Um, scary or, <laughs> or ridiculous. So with that said, stay Your dating challenge for this week is to break the rules of dating that is. If you're debating whether to text someone, just do it. If you want to call someone, go for it. Basically do everything opposite of what you think you're supposed to do and just see what happens. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcasts.